So guys, come on, look at this. We got some cool interview today going on, man. We, we've been talking with Larry before today. We got his partner, Mike, and I'm just very happy to have you today, guys, on the show. It's, it's, it's going to be a phenomenal time. Like, I'm super excited. It's going to be hard for me to talk, and I'm just going to be going places because I'm super excited. So let me, guys, introduce you to these two great people here in front of you. First of all, Mike Moe, he has spent 15, has past 15 years in the retail and IT industry. His career experiences range from leading uh, large sales teams rep, uh, responsible for 40 million in annual sales to IT and business pro, uh, product management. Man, that's incredible numbers here. Mike began his real estate career in 2016 and qu quickly became passionate about his industry. After starting with a duplex, Mike knew his skill set and passion was best matches with larger multifamily properties and asset management. So awesome. That's a great, great thing. So guys, like I told you before to Larry and Mike, the full bio, because it was a little bit longer, it's going to be down below. You can read it through. It's very impressive. And this is Larry Fierro, uh, bought his first rental property right off the high school. So, well. He immersed oh, yeah. himself into learning all things credit and real estate related. He began buying properties in 2012 and has since built a portfolio in New York that made him financially independent. His current focus has changed from duplexes to larger multifamily properties. And now he's looking to able to help others to achieve financial freedom as well. So guys, it's just whoa, unbelievable. I'm super excited to have you today on the show and just thank you, thank you for being here. No, it's thank you for having great. us, thank man. You. It's very impressive. Like the bios, like I, I got a lot of people on the show, as, as you know, you saw probably, but like these bios is just, it feels like it's a, it's a power team you have guys going here. So it's very impressive. <laughs> so I don't know where do we start? Do we start with Larry or, or Mike? Tell us guys who wants to go first. But uh, the first question is very simple. How did you discover real estate investing? Mike, you want to go first? I'm used to you taking the lead on the, yeah. the podcast, buddy. <laughs> Sure, man. Yeah. Um, so I guess I discovered it, uh, I don't know, five, six years ago. Um, and it was just I, really in a search for something else. You know, I was looking for just scouring the internet for, you know, different ways of creating passive income so we can kind of, you know, reach that financial independence, financial freedom everybody's kind of striving for. Um, and it's kind of funny, my my family rents a, a cabin every year through like VRBO um, and they charge obscene amounts for these cabins, like five, six grand for the week. So started running the numbers on these things um, and, and assumed that these owners were, were just hauling in the, you know, the truckloads of cash on these VRBOs. Um, but that kind of, that's kind of what started the, the, the real estate bug, you know, after I did a lot of research into VRBOs and a couple other um, investment classes, you know, I kind of landed on the, the small, the medium-sized multifamily um, apartments. It's kind of the, the best fit for, you know, for my skill sets and what I like to do. But yeah, that's kind of how it all got started. Just kind of a, an itch to, to find some extra, you know, passive income and real estate kept popping up in every, every search and every, uh, you know, every, everywhere I looked. Makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, mine, I started, uh, buying the, my first rental property right out of high school. And it was kind of funny how that happened. My best friend's mother was a real estate agent and, uh, she had this property come up. It was a duplex and, she was talking to us about becoming financially independent and this owner of this property wanted to sell owner finance. So that was the first time I'd ever heard the term owner financing. And uh, so I sat down with her and my friend and 
we went and talked to the owner and we ended up buying this property for owner financing, which kind of blew my mind a little bit. You know, you come up with a little bit of money down and, and they let you take over payments on it. So, and uh, pretty much I ran with that concept and I've, I've developed quite a bit of my portfolio by owner financing. And uh, you know, you're limited by the number of mortgages you can have with multifamily properties to begin with without having a business entity. So I got the business entity and then ended up buying a lot of it owner financed anyway. So I've still got my 10 mortgages ready and ready to go when it's time. So, and uh, you know, that's just, it started there and I developed a love for passion for real estate investing, read rich dad, poor dad, started consuming all of Robert Kiyosaki's books. I think a lot of the real estate investors got their start listening to Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. And uh, he, he told us basically how to, how to look at money differently. And that, that changed my life forever. And I am indebted to him. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Like exactly what you just mentioned, like everybody that we have on a podcast show and you guys who are watching know this, like everybody mentions the book, Bridge that poor that. So definitely like Robert Kiyosaki opened doors to millions of, you know, people all over the world, just about money and real estate investing in general. So Okay, so transitioning to apartments, multifamily, like you probably guys, like being in the space, very active, you see what's going on, like actively having the podcasts and Facebook groups and what's what, what, so, so you see like all these brand new investors coming up like every day, like everybody, because it, it's like a, it's a little bit popular thing right now currently, right? So for the people who are watching and maybe thinking about, you know, joining, you know, the people who are investing or just joining you or whatever, you know, path taken. The question is, is now the right time to invest into apartment communities in the first place? Is it not too, too crowded or, you know, looking at the market where we are in the top and, you know, what do you think about that? Uh, I can take, I can start out with this one, Mike, if you don't mind. Um, I, I learned a long time ago that no matter what the environment <laughs> is in business, you can make money as long as you educate yourself and the numbers work. So there's always deals to be had. You just have to do the due diligence. You have to put in the time, you have to search and uh, look at your markets. You have to do the research on your markets. And we have some podcast episodes at the beginning of the podcast where we talked about, this is what kind of market you're looking for. You know, you want job growth, you want population growth, that sort of thing. And, you know, you can make money in any market. You just have to make sure that you do the education part of it because Let's be honest, education is, is not something that um, is quick. You have to continue to learn day in and day out for the rest of your life. And the people that don't choose to learn daily are the ones that are going to be you know, worried about not making money in any market. So once you educate yourself, knowledge is power and you can make money no matter where you are. So just pay attention for those, those deals and and keep doing the daily grind because it's not going to happen quickly. You got to find that one deal that's really going to put you on the map. And once you do that, you're going to get a reputation in the market for being a closer. And then they'll start bringing good deals to you. So here you go. The short answer is it's possible and it's doable. Yes, it is. Even in this marketplace, it's just knowledge and surrounding yourself with the right partners and finding the right deals. So what do you think about it, Mike? Is it, is it doable? Do you agree with Larry? Is it doable? Yeah. Oh, great. For sure, man. I don't think there's ever a perfect time. It's like a lot of things in life. There's like the stars are never going to align for you and say, this is the perfect time to go invest in real estate. Hilarious point. I mean, if you can figure out ways, there's ways to make money in every market. You know, if, you know, 
however many years ago when the market was in the tanks, it was really hard to find money. Now money is really easy to find, but deals are really hard, you know? So there's always a, a pros and cons to whatever market you're in. Yeah. I think to Larry's point, just educating yourself and figuring out what are, you know, what are the more, like I said, less risky things that you can do in this market as compared to maybe if you were starting five, six years ago, um, you know, that's kind of thing that you might want to do is just change up your strategy based on where we are in the market. You know, you might not want to take on, you know, massive heavy lifts from a renovation standpoint or, you know, as risky out of financing as you, you could have a handful of years ago. But I think there's ways to hedge your risks in any market. It's just being cognizant of it and, and kind of making sure you always have a, a hedge against whatever risks you outline. Yeah, solid advice. Come on, Larry. I, 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 you told me this guy just runs the podcast. Look at the, all the knowledge and coming in from this guy. Come on. Oh, no, no, no. He's, uh, I'm the sidekick. I, He's I running the podcast. Voice. That's all I do. Just give a voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Solid, yeah. solid advice, guys. So what about your investment criteria currently? Maybe you can ex expand and tell people why particularly these markets and these deals you're looking at. Well, Mike's actually got a couple of deals in the hopper right now, don't you, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm primarily looking in in the Tucson market. Um, just yeah, every kind of checks all those boxes, those typical boxes, right? It's got a, a ton of diverse employment. It's got a lot of growth. It actually didn't take off as quickly from the last downturn um, as a lot of other markets for a handful of reasons that, uh, that we can dive into. Um, but so that for that reason, I think it's got a lot more to run um, based on the employment base and a lot of things that are going on in that market. But as far as like the type of properties we're looking for. You know, at, at this point in time where we are, you know, we, we, we like to do, I guess, lighter value adds, you know, not super heavy lifts, not things that are, um, you know, 50% occupied, not things that are going to need, you know, 10 grand a unit, um, more of your, your lipstick, you know, lipstick type things, you know, cosmetics, paint, trim, cabinets, things like that. Um, and then newer assets. So, you know, nothing, you know, 50s and 60s builds just because, you know, if we do, you know, hit that bump in the road in the market, we want to be able to hold on to it for uh, an extended period of time without dealing with a ton of capex, right? So looking for primarily, you know, late seventies or early eighties builds to kind of support that uh, potential long-term hold if we need to. And the ones that I'm looking at, I'm looking more like Orlando, Tampa areas, possibly Savannah. We've, we looked at some properties in Savannah and uh, I'm looking for the C-class properties that have room for a lot of value add. And uh, you, you try and find those ones where the, the rent has not kept pace with markets. And a couple of the properties I looked at had long-term owners from the early 70s and the rents were a couple hundred dollars underneath market rent. And that's day one. You go in, you raise the rents up to market rents. That's before you even do any value add. So those are the kinds of properties I'm looking for. If, if, they're, if the previous owner did not keep pace with the market rent, then that's always a, a good option for the value add and increasing your net operating income. So that's what pretty much I'm looking for. Usually 50 to a hundred doors. Got it. Okay. Okay. So what, first of all, before we're going to jump into another question, like what, what States do you operate in? Like, are you from the same state? Like Larry and Mike, are you like, I'm, I'm from upstate New York. Um, usually I say, I used to say New York, but then everybody just assumes it's New York city. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I actually live upstate in the finger lakes region. And uh, you know, I live in an area that's surrounded by dairy farms. So I'm more of a country guy and uh, I operate in the Southeast United States, Orlando, you know, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, that, that area right there. Got it. And Mike, what, what state are you from? Uh, Minnesota. I do not invest here, though, for for a handful of reasons. Actually, primarily just in the Tucson, Arizona market. 
Got it. Okay. So that's okay. So you divide kind of a markets between you. Okay. So you mentioned about increasing the NOI for the value add property. So maybe you can give some tips on how people who are looking to invest into multifamily or just in general, how you can increase the NOI for the property for these value add deals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, generally you go in and look at the condition. I like the seventies, the seventies builds because the, just the shag carpet on some of them and, and things like that. You can go in and renovate a property. You can put new appliances in, uh, you can paint it. That paint's always a good way to increase your NOI because you improve the, you try and reposition it to a class B property and that allows you to charge more rent through the, the renovations. Um, you know, you, you look for just different opportunities for value add. Do they have a laundry room? Can you, can you add a laundry room? Can you get coin operated machines? Um, are, are the, are the utilities paid for by the tenants? If you go in and the, the owner of the property is paying for utilities, you can always implement a rub system and bill back the utilities to the tenants. And, and that increases your NOI. And by extension, that increases the value of the property because commercial works kind of different than, than like a duplex and a triplex where you actually have more control over increasing the property value through these net operating income increases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's based yeah, on it, cap rate, not not appreciation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think uh, yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah, like Larry said, um, you know, you, you obviously got some of the, the the really key ones with with some of those light value adds and the rents and things like that. But I think um, you know, especially in my market in, in the last handful of years, I think a lot of investors have gotten pretty savvy. A lot of owners have gotten savvy, and you, there's it's a lot harder to find. Um, units that are way below market rent. So I think it, the creative investor gets rewarded in this market. You can find unique ways to erase the, the net operating income that others haven't thought of. That's where you're really going to get paid off. And I think that is really market specific. So my market covered parking is, is relatively cheap to go up and you can tack on anywhere from 25 to 40 bucks a month uh, per unit for covered parking. In-unit laundry, you know, if there's hookups there, um, people pay a premium for in-unit laundry. There's a bunch of, uh, I guess there's like some companies who survey markets and figure out what are the most underserved amenities in in certain classes you know cba uh, apartment complexes if you can figure that out in your market like what is underserved in your area as far as the amenities is it a dog park is it a pool is it covered parking is it in your laundry whatever it is and then you can cater your your property to uh, to support that and you're going to get paid off and you're going to have uh, an easier time to stay full occupied and raise that noi but yeah just really getting creative and figuring out what what's needed in your market and how do you fill that Mm -hmm. So there, there won't be kind of a one thing that you would recommend for people that's most profitable that will increase the most NOI. It's kind of depends on a base, base to base cases, right? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, there are some basics, right? Like what's the market rent and what is the current rent? Like that's, that's an easy one. That's, um, and you, typically you can do that without, um, without a whole lot of ad, added, um, you know, cap, capital into the property. But when you think about it, if that's that easy, most owners already know that not, all of them, right? You're still going to find under-rented um, apart, uh, apartments, but a majority of them do, especially if they got a savvy property manager, especially if they're listing it with a broker who probably, you know, hit them up four or five times every year for the last year or two trying to get their listing. They've probably been coaching these owners to get their rents up so they can list it for more, right? So um, I think those are a lot of the basics, but then getting it down to the market level and figuring out what exactly is needed in your market, um, that's the, the additional legwork that I don't think a lot of investors do. Um, and certainly a lot of owners don't do where you, there's that, uh, that potential that you can realize. 
Yeah, and I think that there's still some, like our mentors, um, Jake and Gina like to say, there's still some mom and pops out there. And what they do is mom and pops, they don't run the property efficiently. I mean, these are people that may have had the property for 30 years and they just drive around and they're still collecting cash. They don't have, you know, you, you go in to talk to them about the, the property income, the P&L statement, and they pull out a shoebox with receipts. You know, there, there are still these properties that are being run this inefficiently out there. And if you can find a property that is being run that inefficiently and you can figure out how to make it work, then it's, it's going to be a great gift to you if you can pick that property up from these people and implement the systems that you need to increase your net operating income. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I just pulled up the, the real estate marathon podcast and actually guys, you, you, you can see this right here you can you can go and check it out i don't know if the i'm just gonna put the, put the link down below guys for you go and follow this but uh it's gonna it's gonna be the question is very simple like you know you put out a lot of great content for people about real estate investing and why is it important i mean there's like being being a guy not from states i mean there's a lot of people looking towards uh real estate particular multifamily because it's a cash flow producing asset class and like all these people having nine to five investing in a 401ks or having, you know, SEPs IRAs, like all these different things that they have the money in that doesn't pay them any money. So, you know, and now, now they are looking for something else. And there's all these people like in other countries as well, like, like myself who are looking to invest into real estate and you having this podcast. So can you just tell people how someone can reach that financial independence, which you Larry did through real estate investing? Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, you know, basically what I did was start with the education, which if they're listening here, they're probably on the road to their education. Um, you know, you, you have to starting with the beginning of our podcast, you know, you have to start learning markets. You have to figure out what kind of, what kind of real estate you want to do. You want to do fix and flips. Do you want to do buy and hold? Do you want to do, you know, there's wholesaling. There's just so many real estate methods to make money out there that the big thing you gotta do is just find out what your niche is gonna be. Are you gonna be in buy and hold? I choose buy and hold because for the long-term haul, that's that's what I'm most interested in. And once you figure that out, then you just need to start looking into the opportunities that are out there. Educate yourself on everything that you can do. Um, find like-minded people. Uh, a lot of There's a lot of Facebook groups out there for, for buy and hold investors. Uh, get a hold of them. Uh, listen to podcasts. You know, I'm a big proponent of the Real Estate Marathon podcast because it's just something that we care about, and we're trying to help as many people get to financial freedom and you know through sound financial practices and real estate investing as we can. So you really, once you get the the firm basis down, you know, you align yourself with other people. You could possibly find somebody that would partner up with you. Uh, look for properties after you pick your market and you know, just get into the market, learn your market inside and out, get boots on the ground. If you pick Orlando, Florida for the market that I did, I drove or flew to Orlando, Florida, and I spent seven days and I just drove the entire city, you know, finding the different, finding different, uh, the different neighborhoods where I liked, where's good, talk to brokers, give the brokers a call, find out what kind of opportunities are out there. It, it's going to take a lot of networking to be quite honest with you, that's, that's your network is your net worth. Yeah. And once you figure out where you're going to be, you really need to get into that area and start talking to these people and build your team. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anything uh, add to that, Mike? Yeah, um, I, I think I, I like to stress the sound financial practices part of our, our podcast. You know, we both love real estate, but I, I love the personal finance side of it as well. And I think it just it makes it makes it so much easier and so less so much less risky if you can invest in real estate from a, a position of financial strength. So if you can take care of um, some of the crazy debts that people have, so credit cards, things like that, but just go into real estate investing from a, a personal finance, um, you know. Uh, position of strength right versus going in there bootstrapped and not being able to you know take any lumps that might come in your first uh, handful of deals it's always good to go in there um, with some of your personal finances to take care of mm -hmm. here we go and that's coming from from mike himself because I, i just want to come back to the to the bio here the mike oversees operational operational processes and systems for an application that has 30,000 euros users across 997 storefronts and transacts six billion in annual sales so if this guy uh you know says that i mean you know you you guys definitely shouldn't go and subscribe to the you know real estate marathon podcast like mike is putting up and larry of course put up put, puts up so many great like content every time you know i'm on the podcast i'm like oh my god like there's something exciting and new coming up so you guys should definitely go and check it out but moving into the another thing again there's you know you didn't mention one thing which is like looking from my perspective like you know being a business owner and having my hands full with like 100 things and you know sometimes those people because again it's like people that we have on a podcast i ask them almost the same question like can how can somebody become wealthy and they're looking to teach again somebody else like oh do this go and find a book. but what about myself <laughs> like i'm busy i don't want to get involved into real estate right like i want to invest passively and i told that to my wife we're going to be passive in the deals and we're not going to do anything without it like we we don't need i don't need to learn the investing like i need to know the stuff like because of the book because i do the business i work with the real estate companies and but that's all but I don't want to be invested unless it's passive. So again, you know, for the people who are looking to do that, I think real estate, like particularly multifamily is a great, great asset class because you definitely get paid more than the bank pays you. That's first of all, like, and you're going to be like for some of the deals that I saw, um, I'm not going to be talking a lot guys, but um, I particular saw this video when the guy pulled in like 400,000, uh, he invested into the deal and that was three X multiple and the deal went out like they sold it they exited like in four years so the guy took it like one point something million like dollars and i was mm -hmm. like man they, the guy just became millionaire like while he was doing his job like working or having a business yeah that's unbelievable I mean, like, well, yeah you Please. brought up a great point man there's there's ways to invest in real estate for whatever your goals are nobody says you have to you know be the landlord or be the handyman or, or yeah. even actively be involved in the deal you know that's what i kind of love about real estate is there's ways to get involved with it regardless of what you want to do and i think you brought up a phenomenal point is figure out what you want to do and figure out what your goals and like your involvement with it and then just pick a strategy that matches that right and for you that's the perfect strategy and, and can be very very well with right yeah yeah exactly yeah. But the question is, you know, like it's great investment, but, but there's always, but right. But is there any risks when investing in multifamily as well that, you know, people who are doing this actively or passively should be aware of? For sure. Yeah. There's, there's, there's risks in every investment, right? And no matter what you, where you go, it's just assessing those risks and, and trying to hedge against them. So, you know, when you're looking at, you know, multifamily or your real estate in general, 
um, you know, for your, it depends on what strategy, you know, if you're going in at, uh, you know, trying to be an owner operator and trying to buy these assets yourself, you know, there's tons of risk, you know, financing risk, there's, you know, the interest rate risk, there's obviously the market risk, uh, but it's just figuring out kind of where we are in, in the game as far as the market goes, and as far as financing goes, and, and just picking products that you're comfortable with, right? So we like to do, you know, long-term financing that we know we, we can out, um, I guess, outstand any sort of downturns. Um, and if, you know, you're doing it passively like yourself, you got to bet, you know, bet those of those owners and operators to the, to the nth degree and make sure that you're hundred percent comfortable with who you're putting your money in, but there's always risks. It's just, you know, the education and taking certain actions will, it will help you de-risk your, your situation. As long as you're educated, it's, it's going in blind and just throwing money around that, that people get hurt. Um, and a lot of people jumping into real estate right now, haven't fully gone down the, you know, the education side of it and are just jumping in because it's a fancy you know the fancy thing to do and that could end up poorly for some of them but yeah and to mike's point when you do decide to invest passively one of the big things that you really want to do is is vet the people that you are investing with uh, you have to have some accountability and, and a track record you know you want to try and find some people that have done what you're what uh, you're wanting them to do for you on other projects and have made money and, you know, getting references is one of the things that I would recommend. If you have somebody that you're interested in working with or dealing with, get, get some references, make sure that they know what they're doing and they're not just going to take your money and, and take off. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> you know, if, if, if a business person who is looking to invest, I, I think he, he would do this type of deal, due diligence, but again, Hey, like we, we are people, we make mistakes. So definitely great advice. So I think you would guys love this question. It's very simple, but uh, it's kind of coming back to the passion and the things that you guys do currently and kind of uh, coming back to the why. Uh, so who do you follow for the business advice currently? Well, yeah, it's uh, business advice. That's uh, there's a handful of them. So I mean, there's there's the the names that I hear a lot that I also follow. You know, Grant Cardone or you know Gary Vee. I love the mindset that those guys throw out there. Um, yeah, cash flow. I love it, man. Yeah, um, Ryan Holiday is another one just from a mindset. It's a great author. He's not really real estate investing, uh, but just a, you know from a mindset standpoint, is awesome. Uh, for real estate investing, you know, the, I love the Bigger Pockets podcast. Love that stuff. Um, you know, Jake and Gino, our mentors have a little bit of profits, a great podcast. And Hanford's got a really good podcast called Multi-Family Multi Investor Nation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's, yeah, those are just to name a few, but. Yeah. And for me, I mean, everyone that, that Mike just named, I like Whitney Sewell and he, he does a great job with his podcast and just for normal, regular business practices, entrepreneurship, I like uh, Andy Frazella and Ed Milet. They have a couple of different podcasts and they have the RT syndicate and, and, uh, you know, I, my life changed when I first heard Andy and Ed on stage at 10X GrowthCon. And uh, those guys just have a lot of knowledge and they're very passionate about entrepreneurship and, and helping people excel and be the best that they can be. So, you know, I have a big shout out for those guys. I listen to them religiously. So, and it's one of those things that they really, it doesn't just, isn't just real estate because, you know, both of them are, are motivational speakers and they just try and help people become the best version of themselves that they can be. And I think Ed Milet has one of the best quotes I've ever heard. He said, when he shows up after he dies, his biggest fear is that he's going to go and God's going to introduce him to the man he could have been. 
and not the man he actually is. And when he looks at that guy, he wants to see a mirror image and that's what his, his goal is. And that, that was just, it just blows my mind when I hear stuff like that. Goosebumps, goosebumps. Definitely. Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it's all about. I mean, that, that's why this question, when I ask this question, people are coming back to the why and the passion because like, you know, you do what you do because, you know, you have a passion for the business. And again, you didn't mention one podcast, which is Real Estate Marathon. Again, you should go and follow it and, and subscribe and listen to it because again, it's a lot of passion, a lot of knowledge and a lot of great stuff coming up in the podcast. But all these people that you mentioned, like Grant Cardone, like Mike's following or, you know, at my and it's just definitely you, you have to like, you, you need to get passionate. Like, you know, as you mentioned, uh, in Jake and Gene was event, you had the ET, like, you know, um, Eric, the hip hop preacher, right? So, you know, Mm -hmm. like everybody's like, what does it have to do with real estate? Man, it's like, because it's a mindset thing. Like everything in business, sure. like there is a mindset. Like if you if you think you can or can't, like can or can't, you're right. So basically that means it's a mindset. Like you, you need to like break through those mindset, you know, limitations and like just work through them. And, that, and that's why these people are here for. So coming back to that, you know, mindset, uh, shifting mindset and, you know, following the people, any three business or non-business real estate books that you guys would recommend for people to go grab. Uh, well, mine, mine are, uh, the first one was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, if, if you have no, in, even for experienced investors, I've gone back and reread it a few times. That's a big one by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, the Best Ever Apartment Syndication Book by Joe Fairless. Um, I have to show And you've got it right there. That's, that's a great book. You know, I've, I've read that book and that's what's motivated me towards the syndication towards finding, you know, expanding our, our buyer, our investors list and just trying to, trying to help people who want to passively invest, make as much money as possible and get them out of that rat race that Robert Kiyosaki talks about. Mm -hmm. And the other one is wheelbarrow profits by Jake and Gino. You know, they talk about the pillars of strength for investing buy right, finance, right and manage right. You know, those three things are all key. And if you're not, if you're missing one of them, you know, that's, that's where your weakness happens. So definitely check out the Wheelbarrow Profits book. Awesome. So Mike, come on from, from the financial master and the podcast guru, what, what do you have to offer? Well, it's funny. You, you think I'll throw some, some finance books, but I like you were talking about, man, I think the mindset is more important. I think that's harder to overcome than some of the nuts and bolts of real estate investment and personal finances. I think if you have the mindset, any of that stuff will come fairly easy. So, I mean, most of my reading is around that, you know, um, it's uh, The War of Art by uh, Stephen Pressfield. It's a phenomenal book. Uh, Ryan Holiday's got a really good book called Stillness is the Key. Um, and then for real estate investing, this, this is kind of the one that blew the doors off uh, of multifamily for me, um, is The ABCs of Real Estate Investing by Ken McElroy. Just a phenomenal, easy to read uh, way of laying out kind of the power of multifamily. Awesome. Awesome. All great books, all great recommendations. And guys, I hope you had a pen and paper because it's better, you know, than a long memory. So just go and grab the books, get educated, get, get, you know, involved into real estate actively or passively, whatever way you want to take it, but just get involved with it. So coming back to your business, uh, again, by the name of the podcast, which is again, shameless plug, real estate marathon (laughs) podcast. Did I told you to go and subscribe, guys? Come on. So yeah, yeah. Again, real estate investing, any business, I knew this long time ago, and the business partner told me, like, 
business is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And that's why I love the name of the real estate marathon podcast. So, you know, usually ask people, what is your goal for 2020? But again, we're talking with the people from real estate marathon podcast. So what are your goals for five years ahead from now? Uh, you want to jump on this one, Mike? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I have goals in, in a few areas of, of my life. If you guys actually another book uh, recommendation, if you guys haven't read, uh, now I'm going to, now I'm blanking on it, the Vivid Vision, and I can't remember the author's name, uh, but if you Google Vivid Vision, uh, I can't give full credit, maybe throw the show notes, but that's a, that's a fantastic goal setting book. Um, but yeah, from the real estate perspective, you know, at least this, you know, bringing it down to the first 90 days of this year, we got a goal of closing on 250 units. Um, and then uh, 500 by the end of the year. And then, you know, from there, it's, it's a little bit blurry as far as we, you know, we like to keep our goals fresh and kind of adjust them as we go. Um, but yeah, that's it for the real estate investing, man, is to continue to press on. You know, I love the asset management side of the real estate um, and just kind of figure out where you can maximize um, the returns for, for the people you're investing with. And that's kind of the fun part of it. So continue doing this full time and uh, yeah, keep closing doors. Yeah. And for the podcast aspect of it, you know, we started the podcast because of the number of people who end up living paycheck to paychecks. So our goal is to um, help as many people get out of that vicious cycle as you can. You know, they got, they have to figure out their credit. They have to figure out everything going with the, their credit and all that. They have to start looking for long-term. That's, that's a big one. So one of the things that we're really interested in doing is, is starting an educational and coaching program through the real estate marathon podcast. So if people that have a difficult time knowing where to start, they can, they can come to us and we can help them figure out where they are in their journey, their marathon, if you will, and uh, help them put them on the right track to getting to that financial independence number. And as a personal goal, my, myself, I'd like to get involved in, in syndications. Beautiful, beautiful. Great goals, great goals, definitely. So I'm sure you're going to accomplish that and more because five years is a, is a long enough time frame. So again, it's just about how big you guys can think and you're th big thinkers for sure. So, you know, I, like, the success and, and everything that you want is going to be there for sure. So coming back to, again, real estate and marketing tools, um, you know, like we spoke of lottery and you, you know, like running a social media company, like I, I talk with real estate businesses and, you know, like this space is a little bit outdated. Like some of the companies and you, you mentioned, like people know this guy and it's not because of the book, because he controls the social media space. And that's what's going on because in this day and age, who holds the most attention, which is very short for the people now, that person or that company is going to attract more capital, more deals or whatever you want. So maybe you can share some of your great marketing tools that you currently use for your business, uh, maybe social media standpoint or just some softwares that makes your day-to-day -day business kind of run more smoother. Yeah, I think you, you hit it, man. Social is it really still um, is crowded, but I think people who do it right can really uh, move the needle from a, a marketing standpoint if, if they're hitting social strategically. Um, but other than, I think newsletters, it, you know, people love, if people, if you can provide something of value on a regular basis, which is actually a lot more work than you think about it. People are whipping up newsletters all the time, but I think there's a lot more, um, a lot more work that goes into it to make sure that you're not just blasting people's email email that you're actually providing genuine content that is valuable to folks. Um, so I think that one can be really, really powerful as well, if done correctly. If not, you're just going to get unsubscribed if you weren't going to, uh, 
you don't want to waste their time if you just start you get their attention by getting the subscribe and then you just fill their their inbox with garbage but i think those two are are really powerful when used right yeah and and i've read a long time ago that uh, money and success follows attention and in order to get what you want you should try and help as many people get what they want as possible so with the social media, you know, we just, uh, just try and put out as great, as good a content as possible. Um, we're always available to, to answer questions, talk to people, help them figure out their journey if that's what they're interested in doing. And, you know, the social media, just, just getting on there as much as possible using live Facebook posts or live Instagram and LinkedIn. We use LinkedIn for that Twitter. Uh, there's just so many different, um, different media uh, out there that you can use or outlets that you can use that you should definitely do a wide spectrum of them. And I actually, you and I had had a conversation about that, you know, including the bigger pockets, getting on bigger pockets and, and putting your brand out there. And it's just, it's one of those things where you, you, you have to do it. I'm not great at it. I, I've gotten a lot better since we started the podcast and, and uh, everything you want is outside of your comfort zone. And I never thought uh, a couple of years ago that I would be sitting on po multiple podcasts, talking to people about uh, something that I enjoy so much that it doesn't even seem like work, you know, and the social media is just another, another tool in your arsenal and you got to use it to, to help people get what they want. And that, and ultimately it'll bring you what you want. Exactly. Exactly. And look, it's not even the people like you, you're, you're sitting now in the States like you know different like new, new upstate new york minnesota right like di different states and like people are watching you now from from ireland again this is not live but once it's going to be up like people watching ireland france japan China, like from all over the world and that's what that's why you know social media or technology helps businesses to explode because like what's going on with multifamily when we have conversations, it's not like, you know, people in the States are competing with each other, like States, because they have this product called multifamily. Now everybody's competing with the entire world because everybody's coming to the States to, to grab this piece of a, you know, property and, and just hold on to it. And so, so we'll, it will cash flow yeah. to them. So, you know, you definitely like all the people and companies should, should start using it. And now real estate businesses start seeing it again, because of the results uh, some of the companies have. So, okay, coming back to social media, guys, yeah. really? Social media. Yeah, yeah sorry, go ahead. You brought up Joe Fairless, right? And this is something that Larry and I are talking about. Um, you really have to do. You know, Joe Fairless isn't the guy sitting on Facebook writing these posts and, and getting on Instagram. Like, you, you can't keep up with it. In order to really stand out, there's no way one person can do this themselves. So really finding uh, ways to scale this out, either with, you know, hired help or VAs or what, what have you, um, that's how you, you're going to stand out. So you got to be pumping out you know, so much content over and so much relative content. So if you can have a system and, and help to do that, you're going to stand out versus, you know, just Larry and I, you know, sitting there trying to do Instagram posts, you know, it, it's way easier if you can, or way more beneficial if you can figure out a way to scale it and have other people kind of do that around the clock for you. So true. So true. Because it's a completely, again, it's coming back to the mindset thing. It's completely two different mindsets that we're talking about. If person who sits by himself and trying like, oh, I'm going to do Instagram, Facebook, everything. I will go and look at the properties. I will do my own accounting taxes. I will, I will like do the investor returns. Like I will do everything. This guy is a solopreneur. Like he's, he's a one man band and that's what he wants to do. But this is not a business. Yeah. Not a business. Like if you want to run a business, you mentioned a word, a keyword systems. You need to create and implement systems in the business and you need to 
pay the money to people so you will get them outsourced some tasks minor tasks like you know like if like if i like ironing clothes but that takes like one hour two hours of my time because i'm a slow slow guy you know like why would i do that i'd rather pay somebody else or just take it to the dry cleaners they will do it for me and here we go my time because it's 100%. time is more important what you're doing with the time and and that's what it is to order to scale the business you need you need a team that's so, that mindset man to do it to do all this like you said ironing is like that's some people might laugh at that example. It's a perfect example, right? Because that's like a low value use of your time. When you can you can outsource that, you can put so much more time and effort on the you know working on your business um, versus you know ironing clothes. Yeah. Now you're quoting our guest from yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> that next Thursday. Heck yeah. <laughs> Shameless plug: Real Estate Marathon Podcast next Thursday. <laughs> there you go. Wait up for the episode, man. So yes, okay. So talking about real estate and uh, marathon podcasts, what would be other platforms for the people who are watching if they have more in-depth questions related to real estate investing, maybe business, maybe they want to get involved passively. What will be the platform, social media channels for these people to go and reach? Yeah, well, we got at real at real estate marathon podcast on on all the the major platforms, and personally myself at Mike Mo REI on Instagram, and then um, superiorcapitalgp.com if you want to go um, take a look at how you might get involved passively. Uh, Superior Capital Group is uh, my investment firm. Yeah, and uh, Larry at real estate marathon podcast.com. That's my email address for the the podcast, and we have the Facebook group uh, real estate marathon podcast. Uh, and just uh, go to our website, which is realestatemarathonpodcast.com. Here we go. Very simple. These, these are very simple people, as you see, but they're very professional and sophisticated when it comes to real estate investing, guys. And I highly, highly, is this high enough? Or should we go? <laughs> I highly recommend that go and follow Larry and Mike and go and talk with them about, you know, deal like investing into the deals. Like if you're a business owner, like, you need to get involved into real estate. And like, I, I cannot put more effort onto that by saying like, you, you need to get involved into real estate. So these are very good people for you guys to go and follow. Again, you're going to find all the links down below as always. If you enjoyed this episode, which I'm sure you did, so please go and subscribe, like it to the channel. Really appreciate you, you know, guys watching. Again, share this video with the friends, you know, so they can learn more about this great real estate investment vehicle, multifamily. And uh, yes, guys. I'm going to see you on the next episode. I really appreciate you, Mike and Larry, being here to this, with us today as well. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. It's an honor. Appreciate it.